So Mark chapter 4, let's get into this. And we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit, so just keep your finger nimble or your thumb swiping. Uh, Mark chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 2 and 11. I'm going to read these, and then I'm going to get into, um, into the message here. i got to do a little bit of a uh, foundational building, but we'll get to the, all of this. You'll understand at the end, okay? It's kind of like a, I, wa- I washed my white shoes last night. See that? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, instead of buying new ones, I washed them. It works, it works, it works. But it's kind of like you got to put the shoelace back in the shoe. And it's, so I'm going to kind of like here and there. And by the end, I'm going to tie it in a bow. And you're going to be like, oh, great. I get it. I get it. So here we go. <clears throat> he taught them saying these things by parables. And in his teachings, he said, check this out. Listen. Somebody say, listen. Listen. My wife tells me uh, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. <laughs> right? She's like, you're hearing me, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. You know, this seems to be a consistent problem. My mom told me the same thing. You're hearing me, but you're not listening. Is this just a guy-girl thing? Is this just like the women and the men? We just can't seem to get on like the same brainwave. Right, guys? Where are you at? <laughs> women, where are you at? Like, you're, <laughs> you're hearing me, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Guess what? Jesus is telling us to do the same thing. Listen! They'd already been hearing him for a while, but he's saying, listen, I need you to get what I'm saying. Somebody say, listen. God, we're listening to you today. Sorry, I needed my bookmarker. Here we go. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside. Somebody say wayside. And the birds of the air came, and they devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground. Somebody say stony ground. And where it did not have much earth... Flip the page if you're in the same Bible translation as me. And immediately it sprang up and caused it because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun had come up, it was scorched because it had no root and it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns. Somebody say the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other, somebody say other. But other seed. But other seed. But other <laughs> Seed, where am I at? But other seed fell on good soil. Somebody say good soil. You knew I'd get it somewhere. You're like, we got it, we got it. But that is important. But other seed, but other seed fell on good soil and it yielded a crop that sprang up and it increased and it produced some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100 fold. Somebody say 100 fold. Do you know what kind of harvest that is? A supernatural harvest. A hundredfold harvest means you put the seed in the ground and it yields a hundred percent. Somebody say, God, I need that in my life. A supernatural harvest. Come on. Who's believing God for something great? A hundredfold. All right. And he said to them, who has ear to hear, let him hear. Say, God, let me hear. I just want to skip down here. And it says, to you, let it be given to know the mystery, somebody say the mystery, of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Somebody say the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God. So I titled the message today, Good News. Have you ever got a message from somebody that was good? Maybe a text message? Something that you just, I still have text messages in my phone that I'll occasionally go back and revisit. Does anybody else do that? I have a, a friend, a dear friend of mine. He was actually the business partner of my dad, and he was like a dad to me, and he passed away 
2000 unexpectedly. And I still look at the last text message he sent me because it was so encouraging. It was good news. It was good news. And other times, who may have received a, a good news of a child that you were going to be, you were pregnant? I remember the time when Erica told us that we were expecting our first baby, right? Good news. You may have received a letter that somebody had written you. Good news. It's very often, it's very seldom that we hear good news on the main, mainstream media, right? Because some reason, it's, it seems like it's the negative that sells. They say that it, it's the bad news that actually people want to hear. But there's something deep down inside of us that yearns for good news, right? Good news. And the mystery, the mystery, this word mystery, because I want to kind of play with these two things. Because good news, um, when you flip back earlier in Mark chapter 1, it starts out with, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know what gospel means? Who knows? Good news or glad tidings. I've got something good. It actually, the old Greek word meant that you were going to, there was a reward. There was a designated reward for the person who carried the good news. Did you hear that? It's almost like I can picture the person in the Old Testament that would get the message from the general that we've won the war and he would want to run as fast as he could back to the king to tell him the good news because there was a reward for the good news. And it's later translated on into, later in the New Testament, the gospel, the good news. It means to go forth and proclaim, this Greek word does, the good news. But the mystery, I want somebody to say the mystery. And I'm kind of, remember I said I was going to build a foundation. So you've got Mark chapter 1, it talks about this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. But then later, it talks about in Mark chapter 1, in verse 14 and 15, it talks about that there's a gospel of the kingdom. Somebody say, the good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. And this word mystery, as we see that in these scriptures that we just shared about the mystery. Have you ever, um, I was at the, uh, we went on vacation with the kids for just a few days Somebody had blessed us with a stay away with our kids. And, um, of course, as you probably remember, the last time I preached, I turned 40 years old last year. So that 40 is the new 30, so welcome to 30. That's right, sweetheart. <laughs> welcome to 30. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Those of you that have crossed over on the other side, we just hit 30. It's okay. It's all good. But, I, you know, everything's been great. I'm like, man, you know, 40 doesn't feel bad. You know, I'm strong. I feel better, actually, than I did in my 30s when I had a herniated disc. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't move. So I feel great. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel great. But we go into this little DVD place that we could borrow a DVD. They didn't have Netflix. So we did the DVD thing. And I'm there with River, and he asked me, he said, Dad, is this the new? And he pulled up this movie, and it was like, now everything's a sequel, right? You got like the original and the sequel, the sequel, the sequel, the sequel. So he's like, Dad, is this the new one? And I'm like, well, let me see. So I pull it up, and I'm trying to find the date <laughs> that the movie released. I'm like, the real small fine print that they make that nobody can read. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can't see that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like blinking. I'm like, okay, it's just my contacts. I'm like, Nyeh. I'm like blinking, blinking. I'm like, okay, maybe it's the light. So I step outside. <laughs> Who has been here? Who has been here with me? <laughs> and I'm like, in the light, I got it like angled just perfect. So it's, <laughs> it actually like the ink, <laughs> you know, maybe like the ink will get a little bit of a shadow. <laughs> this is real. And so I'm like, blink, blink, blink. And I'm like, okay, can I catch a shadow? Has it made it bounce off the page a little higher? And I'm like, oh my goodness. I think I need a magnifying glass. 
I didn't have one. So the next thing, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. I finally see the date. It's down there so tiny. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, like 40 is real. 40 is real. <laughs> this word mystery, it actually means to, like, hold the magnifying glass over something and reveals to you what it is. The mysteries belong to the children of God. The things that God wants to reveal are yours. Here's what we need to understand. As we talk about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, what better news there would have been in this week, 2,000 years ago? Could you imagine how fast it would have spread? Coming into this week, the disciples, uh, or the week before Jesus was resurrected, he went to the cross, and he's been, like Christiana was saying, beaten beyond recognition. Could you imagine that? And could you imagine the emptiness in your heart when you realize that your Savior is in the grave, and he has been beaten beyond recognition? And then the excitement of this week that now that, yes, wait, he was right. What he talked about was right. He is the resurrection and he is the truth and he is the healer and he is the Messiah and he is the Savior. It's true. Can you imagine the excitement of that moment and how fast that news would have spread while the religious tried to quench it or the Romans tried to stop it? It went forth because there's a mystery in the midst of what Jesus was saying is we know that he is, we know the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you just kind of imagine with me for a minute that here's Jesus, he comes onto the scene and he comes on in Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. And they even say, what good thing could have come out of Nazareth, right? It takes faith. It takes belief. It takes all of these things. And actually, even it says in the Bible that to believe now in this day that we're living in is harder because those that went before us Back in Jesus' time, they were able to see and touch and taste and feel, and they were with Jesus. But to believe today is harder. Somebody say harder. But the reward for that is greater. Somebody say greater. And so as they're there, Jesus comes on, and he's the son of God. He's the son of God. And as he's the son of God in Mark 1, we see that he's revealed in that in his baptism. What happened at his baptism? As he went into the river of Jordan, before the dove, who spoke? God the Father spoke, and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And boom, the dove falls. It was actually the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the word of God gives us pictures so we can kind of understand it in our language, right? The dove, it wasn't actually a dove like, Jesus, I'm here, Holy Spirit. <laughs> that wasn't it at all. It's, this, it's human beings trying to be like, what is it? I don't know. It's not Superman. It's not Batman. It's got to be a dove, right? Because it's got to be holy. <laughs> it was a figure. There was something physical happening that came on him. But the father spoke before that and said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. He's the son of God. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is that he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the son of man. And he has made a way for us to have a relationship with God. Where I'm getting to with in this mystery is the word mystery. Because he said the mysteries belong to us. The word mystery means this. It's a Greek word that means to initiate in the mystery. When, you, when, when grace, we are saved by grace through faith, right? Do you know what that means? We say these words a lot in church. Oh, I'm saved by grace. Grace is the divine influence that you don't deserve. The aha moment, boom. I'm your Lord. I'm your Savior. I love you, and I've come to forgive your sins. Grace. You are saved by grace through faith. You put your faith in. You say, Lord, I believe. I believe. I believe you're saved by grace through faith. And the mystery is what's initiated. There's a mystery. You are initiated in that in that moment. Amen? How many of you remember that day when Jesus Christ, when you received that mystery that he is your Lord and Savior? That day, 
For me, it was, I was an eight-year-old boy sitting around a campfire. Maybe for you, it was at a camp. Maybe it was a retreat. Maybe it was at, a, on, maybe it was at work. Maybe it was in a break room. Maybe it was in a conversation with a loved one over dinner. Whatever it was, but there was something like the magnifying glass got held over something in your life, and you went, it makes sense. It makes sense. You were initiated into the mystery, and therefore the secret was made known only by the revelation, a special revelation from God. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that in Second or in Corinthians that it's foolishness, that the cross, the suffering, the sacrifice is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. Amen? Amen. It is the power of God. It's a mystery. And it, can I tell you something? It's you and I's job to help hold the magnifying glass, to help point people to grasp hold of it. I wish I had a magnifying glass. I said, Drew, do we have a magnifying glass around here? And he's like, no. I was like, then I can't have you on stage with me. <laughs> the New Testament denotes that some, something people could never understand on their own power. This mystery, you need, it has to be a revelation from God. And can I tell you that God is wanting to do that to whoever would desire? Do you know that? There's a hungering. And when there's a hungering and a thirsting for God, he answers that. He said that we're to hunger for, we're to hunger for something that's not physical, for spiritual things. We're to thirst for something that's not quenched by water, but by the Spirit. Amen? And he wants the desire. He wants to create in us. The Bible says in Philippians that he wants to create in us both the will and to work for his good pleasure. God wants to create in us that desire. There's something longing within us, right, for good news. There's something that just, wow. I'll go back to that and remember it. When I feel discouraged, when I feel down, when I feel lost, when I feel hopeless, I'll go back to that message that somebody sent me. Amen? The mysteries of God are for us to find out. So what's the good news? Why did I read from Mark chapter 4? Because there's good news in the kingdom of God. To have a kingdom, you have to have a what? A king. And our Lord and Savior, King of Kings, is who? Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of God, he would speak about in parables. Actually, if you look back in Matthew chapter 13, the same story appears. And in chapter 13, right before this story starts, it says he left the house and he turned toward. It's actually that he leaves the Israelites because the message first has to be, had to be preached. The gospel had to be preached to the Israelites, the children of God. And he leaves that group of people. And now the message goes to the Gentiles. Guess who the Gentiles are? Most of us in this room. And the Bible said that God is going to use the Gentiles. The gospel is going to be received by the Gentiles because it's actually going to compel the Israelites, the children of God, to, to jealousy, to try to learn more about what's going on. Why, did he, why, is God, why is God miraculously moving on this group of people and not us? And we're the ones who are supposed to have it, and why don't we have it, right? That's the day we're living in. That God is, his gospel message is unto the Gentiles right now. And that's you and I sitting in this room today. And how does the kingdom of God grow? What is the good, what is the good news in this parable that Jesus is talking about the sowers? The first thing that I want to say here is if you know anything about farming. I grew up in farm country in Pennsylvania. And when the wind starts blowing from the east here, I can start to smell the dairy farms. Does anybody else smell them? No, because you didn't grow up on one. 
I didn't either, but my neighbors were farmers. And Erica's like, oh, look, honey, your neighbors are coming to greet us this morning when, she, when we come to my parents' house. We go to my parents' house, and there's like all the cows standing in the fence line beside us. I grew up, on a, I grew up near dairy farms, and I know a little bit about farming. The mystery, it even starts out with a mystery. Jesus starts telling this story, and he says, a, a farmer goes to sow, and he's just throwing his seeds out there. <laughs> you know anything about farming? They don't just haphazardly throw seeds out at the ground. There's a mystery to be revealed in this. Because I grew up on farms. You know what they do every year? They plow the ground because the seed is valuable. And they don't want to just throw it out there and waste it. But there's something deeper that has to be revealed by this message. So as we get into this in just a few minutes, I laid this foundation. Are you guys with me still? Are you ladies with me still? The mystery, the good news is Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news continues as the kingdom of God. We're in a period where the kingdom of God is growing. And remember, when Jesus was asked if he was a king, what did he say? Yes, but it's not of this world because if it was, my people would rise up and fight. The kingdom is not seen the way that you and I want to see it in the natural. People get discouraged and they get despaired in this world. They go through hardships and they say, well, God's not real because he wasn't there for me. It's you and I that have to help hold the magnifying glass over the situation and say, no, he's here. He's been here. He's the same today, come on, as he was yesterday, today, and forever. He's here. Let me help you to see what he's done. He's made a way for you already way before you. You're just finally catching up. Sometimes you have to go through hard things to realize, what did David say? If I make my bed in the depths, God, I still find you there. The hardships are many times for us to just realize how far God has already come to meet us at it. Did you hear me? David said, if I make my bed in the furthest place away from you, I still find you there. Because in the absence of God, is still God. All right. What's the good news? The good news of the kingdom is this. The kingdom of God must come by divine revelation. The mystery of the kingdom of God means that the kingdom of God has come in the person of Jesus Christ. So everything pivots off of that revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And once you realize that he's Lord, now that means that he's Lord of your life. That means you're not Lord anymore. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not Lord anymore. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, you're not Lord anymore. <laughs> Although Abraham said, you know, Sarah did say Lord to Abraham, but that was lowercase L, right? Maybe some husbands are here like, you can call me Lord. Yeah, you're still lowercase L. <laughs> Actually, it's this way. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's, you can take that one. <laughs> He's Lord of you. Can I tell you, when I, when I understood that Jesus Christ was my Savior, I was young. But to understand him as Lord of my life, there was no context at that point in my life. You have to surrender for him to be Lord of your life. You have to surrender. The key about receiving the mystery of the kingdom of God, it says that we have to repent and believe. Repent and believe. The kingdom of God is coming, and I love how Pastor Phil illustrates this. It's like a train that pulls into the station. It's there, but it's not all here, right? The train pulls in, it's here, or it's, it's right here, but it's not all here yet. The kingdom of God, when it's received by us, by repenting, Jesus Christ, I repent of being away from you, trying to do it on my own, 
figuring this thing out. How many you know guys? How many guys? Come on. There's three things that we're going to wrestle in this life, women included too. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You know what the pride of life is? I can do this on my own. Ladies, have you ever been in the car with your husband that doesn't want to stop for directions? Because I can do this on my own. <laughs> have you ever worked with your husband on a project around the house? Baby, just go watch YouTube. No, no, I can do this on my own. <laughs> That's the pride of life. Lust of the eyes and lust of flesh. We see it. We want it. We have to have it. We wrestle against these things. But the kingdom of God requires us to let go. To let go of materialism. To let go of I'm going to figure it out on my own. Even if it costs me every last ounce of my energy. To let go and let him be Lord and Savior in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God grows. That's where this parable gets to. The kingdom of God. Somebody say grows. The kingdom of God. The good news is the kingdom of God wants to grow in your life. The kingdom of God, God wants it to grow in your life. He wants it to grow in our midst. How many of you, we thank God for the growth around here. What is it? The kingdom of God is growing and there's a mystery behind it. That's, that's okay. Oftentimes as humans, we want to be able to put our finger on it. It's right there. I got it. It's the 10 points to success and I'm going to be the man. Or it's the 10 points of success and I'm going to be the woman, right? We want to be able to grasp it, and, but you can't with the kingdom of God. It's going to grow mysteriously in your life. Like the farmer goes out and when he puts the seed into the ground, what happens? It starts to grow. I remember when our daughter was younger and of course she had the seed assignment and I noticed that she brought home the seed, but it wasn't growing. And I asked her, what did you do, sweetheart? What did you do with the seed? I said, did you, you didn't pull it out, did you? No, no, I didn't pull it out. <laughs> you didn't like examine, you know, take it out and examine to see if it was growing, did you? No, no, daddy, no. A few days later, the seed never grew. Seed never grew. Seed never grew. Because we know. There's, there's this anticipation, and as a child, you can't control it. You're like, I got to see what it's doing. But the farmer knows because of what's happened throughout history and maybe in his own life that he knows that he's got to keep the seed in the ground and he's got to just let it do what the seed's going to do. And what's it going to do? Grow. And when it's good seed, what's it going to do? Bear fruit. And when it's a good seed, it bears good fruit. And so Jesus wants us to understand part of the mystery. The revelation as the magnifying glass of the Spirit of God is held over this portion of Scripture in your life. I used to read this as a kid and I'm like, oh, those poor people. You know, they're just, they're just wayside people. They're, you know, they're, the seed gets thrown on their life and it's a path that's been trampled and no, it's never going to take root, right? Or you get to the, you know, you get to the, the thin, the shallow soiled people and you're like, oh, you know, the seed, it's going to fall on that, that shallow soil and the sun's going to come out and scorch it. Those poor people. It's in our own lives. The word of God always ministers in the context of a, congregation and to the individual and so I want you to see this so the mystery of the kingdom of God the good news is that it grows in Jesus Christ and you know did you see how it says Jesus of Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth you know why that's there Acts chapter 10 38 says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good it speaks to his humanity he said I'm going to do this so you know how to do greater works we have to follow in his footsteps. And Jesus Christ is the key to the kingdom, but his kingdom is continuing to grow. And check this out. Let's look at this down here. I'm going to do Mark 
13 and 20. I read you those verses so you could just, that could minister to you and you could be stirred. But guess what? God gives us the revelation. He already gives us the answers to the mystery of this kingdom principle in Mark 4 and 13 and 22. And it says the kingdom grows. Why does this kingdom grow? Because God wants the kingdom to go forth. 14, verse 14. And the sower sows the word. What's he sowing? So what's the seed? The word of God. The sower goes out and he sows the word. And these things are the, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear Satan, who comes? Satan. And he does what? Immediately snatches it. Immediately Satan comes. You know what Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the enemy, the thief comes to do three things. Steal, kill, and destroy. And you know how he works on it? He works on it in your personal life, your relationship with God, your marriage, your parenting, your family, your workplace. And if he can't, if he can't get one, he just keeps attacking. And he keeps attacking. And he keeps attacking. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Check this one, next one out. And likewise, these are the ones that were sown on the stony ground. Somebody say stony ground. These are the areas in your life that are in unbelief. John said that sin, Jesus Christ came to reveal us that sin is unbelief. Do you know what sin, when you simplify it down into its very simplest form, it's unbelief. You didn't believe. The areas in your life where God's trying to get into, but there just seems to be this hardness of unbelief. God, help us that we believe. The stony ground are the areas where the word of God, it endures only for a little bit because there's no root. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises, for what? What's sake? The word's sake. Immediately, they stumble. In verse 18, and now these are the ones that are sown among the thorns, and they are the ones who hear the word of God. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and they choke the word of God. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. They start to choke the word of God out. That it, what happens with the thorns? It causes you to not bear any fruit. The kingdom of God has, has there's been like a flashpoint and it's being choked by the things of this world that's around us. The cares, we've all been, we've all had hard seasons We've all had challenges, but we've got to see the kingdom of God growing in the midst and through those. Amen. And the good soil. Somebody say the good soil. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit of it. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Hear the word. Remember what I said earlier? There's other seed. The other three situations, the wayside, the stony ground, and the thorny ground, it says some seed, some seed, some seed. And he gets to the fourth situation, and he says other seed. There's a place when the word of God and the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom is anticipated. It's looking forward. It's expected. That's whenever the seed, the word of God, hits that area of your life, and it falls into good soil. And it starts to spring up. And it starts to look like it's going to produce. And it produces good in your life. Expectancy. What are you expecting? As we continue to move forth from my favorite holiday where Jesus Christ, it's more that it's resurrection, power. 
What do we expect in our lives as we walk forward from that? One of the things that I like to do in the Passion Week and the, this season is to almost try to put myself in the different days and the different moments. And I try, to, I try to, God, what would it be like if I was there? What would it be like if now we're walking with Jesus? He had breakfast, he had breakfast with some of us at the shore. He's resurrected. He's eating and walking through walls. Does that surprise anybody else? Like, what does Jesus look like? He is more real than you and I. Seated at the right hand of the Father. The good news of the gospel is that God loves you. And he's done all this for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know what the message was that River wrote on my note? My bookmarker, my new bookmarker? I love you, Dad. And when I read that, I couldn't help but realize Jesus did it all because of that. He loves the Father, and he loves you. God wants a relationship with us. The good news is God loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And the kingdom of God, God desires for it to grow in your life. God desires for, for you to be a person that ministers the gospel to somebody else. Tell somebody else about the good news. Hey, did you hear the headline today? I got good news for you. <laughs> right? And all the negativity that's going on in the world around us, let's be the people that are out there saying, wait, I got good news for you. I got good news for you. And there are going to be some people that are, the Bible says, I do want to read this as we wrap up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled for those who are perishing, whose minds, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There's some that it's veiled, they're, they're veiled from. They've been blinded by the God of this age. But it's for us who are to share the gospel message with somebody around you. All of these things that God does in your life, all of the things that he does in our midst, they're for us to share with somebody else the message. Can we all stand to our feet today? And maybe you found your way into this place this morning and wondering why you were even here. Maybe you found your place, your, maybe you came in from the coffee shop and just thought, whoa, what's going on there? That looks like a cool place. It is a cool place. But maybe this morning in this place, if the good news, if it's come to you today, that you've understood, you've come to a revelation that Jesus Christ loves you and that Easter's not about a bunny and some eggs and some chocolate candy and it's about more than that. It's about Jesus Christ who rose again on the third day and is seated in the heavenly places so that you and I could have a relationship with God. The mystery has been revealed today to you that Jesus loves you. And he's made a way for you to know God. And in the midst of your struggles and trials and tribulations that you can call out to God and have him help you, God has a plan for your life. The kingdom of God, God wants you to partner with him in the establishment of the kingdom of God here on earth. You know how the kingdom is established? The church. Somebody say the church. And who are we? The church. The carriers of the good news. So let's pray. And if this morning you would want to say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to repent 
for the direction that I was going in, away from God, trying to do it on my own. And I want to turn to God today and I want to commit. That's what believe means, to commit to. I want to commit to Jesus Christ. I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ today. The good news, it's, it's like a flashlight was shown into my mind that I can now see that God loves me and he has a plan for my life to be a part of the kingdom of God and he is my Lord and he is my Savior. If today, if you would want me to pray with you, he saved you at the cross over 2,000 years ago. He already did it. He paid a price for you. Today, I'm simply going to believe with you. And if you would say, Pastor, would you pray with me and believe with me? I want you to slip your hand up in the air. I want you to slip your hand up in the air just as saying, this is my act of faith. Pastor, would you pray with me? Would you believe with me? Pastor, would you pray with me? Would you believe with me? He's done it. He's paid for the price. What better, what better news to walk in the rest of this week knowing that you are saved, that your life is sealed in Christ Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, with those today that have lifted up their hands in, in faith, God, because the gospel message has come to their mind, has come to their understanding, and it's you, God. It's a mystery, and we thank you for that. And that, God, I just simply believe with them. Your word says where two or three are gathered together in believing that you're there in our midst and you're here, we can sense you, and you're here to save those who were lost. Jesus, you said that you came to seek and to save those who were lost. And that's what you're doing in this place right now for every person that lifted their hand. God, and any person that lifts their voice right now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I would commit my life to you. You're my Lord and you're my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for the kingdom of God coming into my life. God, thank you for the plan and the purpose for my life. Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give God some glory? If you prayed that this morning for the first time. All of heaven rejoices over one person coming into the kingdom. I believe there's been more than that today. Come on, can we give God some glory? And he wrote your name in heaven. Only God can fully understand in the kingdom of God, can we fully understand what happened? But today is your spiritual birthday, right? Your spiritual birthday is, what is it, 423, 424? That's an easy one to remember. Happy birthday.